hey, hey, it's your girl Sharitha J. And I am here with my co-host Trina. And once again, we are in the virtual building, getting ready to have another fantastic episode of I'm Sorry, Miss Jackson podcast. Trina, welcome. What's up? It's so great to be here. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Thank as you. Well. Glad we made it. So did glad we, we made it. Yeah, oh. we did. I mean, I, I just made it to 45 this weekend. So like, I didn't think I was going to make it this far. So <laughs> there's Listen. been a lot of bumps in the road that suggested I want to go make it this far. So yes, I am very happy to be in this new year in the midst of a pandemic. Um, another trip around the sun. I'm grateful yeah. for it. Listen, I'm honored that you uh, share your light, not only with me, but you're also sharing it with others. You're sharing it with our, our listeners. And I also hear that you share your birthday with someone else. I do. I I like to um, offer, get the honor myself because they share their birthday with me. I share a birthday with Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. His actual birthday is January 15th. And so I don't know a whole lot about like, uh, um, not horoscopes or about Zodiac. Zodiac like that I don't know a lot about it but people keep telling me like it's Capricorn season Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I took a lot of joy as especially as a child saying knowing and saying that Dr. King and I shared the same birthday and now I know that we're both Capricorns and I'm sure other people will be happy to tell me um what that means to me it means that you both are uh fierce leaders out here Mm -hmm uh doing doing the damn thing uh, mm. as always <clears throat> so to be able to uh share a birthday well of course you know dr king is it's dr king man has a right. national holiday but it's trina's day for me <laughs> i had a beautiful weekend prior to the snow like uh and perhaps my astrological readings would have told me what that was going to be like but my wife planned a beautiful weekend for us and we made it happened before the snow and I'm really grateful I'm really grateful and I'm and I'm grateful to share this time of reflection with you Sharitha as we think about the impact uh, that that Dr. King has had on us not only as a nation but as a world Um, and we do a lot of that remembering in this month together. Absolutely the month of January itself just it's it's so much that comes with it we talked about I believe in our previous episode, you know, celebrating uh, Kwanzaa and, you know, going from Advent into Christmas and like, ha- look, happy everything. And now um, in the Christian tradition, we're in the season of Epiphany uh, in January. Um, it's like new, new year, new you. Uh, what, <laughs> like, what else is happening? It's, it's so much. I, I know for us, we get to hold this space. And when you are, you think about January and a new year, you have to think about that new year resolution, right? And someone said to me, okay, I, I am, I am choosing a word to, to focus on for the year of 2022. And we kind of took that and ran with it because we had already been talking about some things, but we, we decided to choose a word to focus on for our episodes this year. And that word is pilgrimage. 
Yeah, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about pilgrimage and all and the, the pilgrimage that will be our pilgrimage this year because we don't know what it's going to be yet. Like we're just taking it as kind of a, a divinely inspired theme that is interesting to both of us. And, you know, so much of it is the journey and so much of it is like where you end up. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm excited to talk about how pilgrimage has played in our um, in our cultural, religious, spiritual, um, geographical histories, um, and the music that's come out of that, like the music that reminds us that we're on um, these different journeys and that we take these different turns in the road that other people don't take with us all the time, right? And so I'm excited to to delve into the theme of pilgrimage with you this year. Yes, same here. You know, the definition that I choose to focus on for pilgrimage, I mean, the standard definition is like a pilgrim's journey, which is like, okay, what's a pilgrim? <laughs> uh, but but uh, the definition that I've been kind of holding and sitting with is that a, a pilgrimage is a course of life on earth. and I really kind of hold that close because if you look at our entire life's journey, right, what that that in itself is a pilgrimage. And you and I uh, talk about uh, building a, a mixtape towards liberation uh, as our goal for ISMJ for I'm Sorry, Miss Jackson podcast. And I think the two kind of go hand in hand and us creating this mixtape. And now we're, we're, we're choosing um, music that follows or goes along with the theme of pilgrimage. Well, when I think of a journey, I think of, you know, a road trip going somewhere, you know, if I'm taking a flight, I need good music. And mm -hmm. I think we're going to be able to touch on that as we have, you know, go, go through our episodes uh, this yeah. year. So I'm looking forward to yeah. it. Me too. Me too. To the, to the journey ahead. To the journey ahead. Okay, so our featured track, uh, as we shared for this episode of I'm Sorry, Miss Jackson podcast is Little Things by India Irie. And it is one of those tracks when you listen to it, it immediately kind of sparks joy. Mm -hmm. And so we picked this track. Uh, it started out as a process as we shared it is the month of January, and there's so many happenings in the month of January. Uh, as uh, we shared, we celebrate Dr. King's birthday, and that kind of got us to thinking, okay, what, what's, what's going forth, um, and what kind of connection, what kind of ties can we make? And one of the significant aspects of Dr. King's um, activism was his voyage to India, his pilgrimage to right. India. Yeah. And we happen to know someone who has a, an album called <laughs> Voyage to India. Yeah. I mean, it's so remarkable, I think, because, you know, he said it himself when he went and we all know that his hero was Gandhi and he had studied Gandhi's work because, you know, Gandhi died before King's uh, work really got going. Um and he said, when he went there, when I go other places, I'm a visitor, I'm a tourist. But when I come to India, I'm a pilgrim. Like, and it was so significant to him that he was like, this is a different experience. Like, this is, there, there, there are different reasons. There's a different touchstone. There's a different way of me coming here. 
And so, and, and he traveled all over the world with his, with his wife, Coretta Scott King and, and, and other folks in his life. But to India, it was a pilgrimage. And so I thought that was really remarkable. And there, you know, plenty of things to read and learn and listen to and learn and learn about his experience there and, and what he did and the folks that he engaged with and, and the gifts that he brought back, even some of those gifts um, and items that he brought back from that uh, journey to India are in the National um, Memorial downtown in Atlanta. If people want to go see them, I don't know what their policies are right now during COVID. I don't know if they're open, but when they're um, when it's accessible again, I encourage people to go and observe the artifacts of his life. Um, and he was a complicated man, you know, he like Absolutely. all of us, like he was a complicated man. You know, a lot of times we do a lot of reductive remembering of him, um, a lot of reductive remembrance of what he said and what he wrote and, and what he did and didn't believe around this time of the year. But like any journey, it's complicated. Like there are twists and turns, there are busted tires, there's like transmissions that go out, like there's like, but there's also, you know, I didn't know I was going to find this amazing thing. Like, so you can never predict all that's going to happen on a journey, on a pilgrimage. Um, and, and, and we have the benefit of being able to look back on that in his life. Um, and there's another place that this song comes from as well, that voyage to India, that name that NDRE picked. And we'll talk a little bit about that we talk about the facts is actually an album that I didn't know about by Stevie Wonder, which I learned as I was doing research for this. Um, and it's called A Journey Through the Secret Life of Plants is the name of the album. And there is a song on it called Journey to India and it's instrumental. There's so many pieces here and so many, we're just, I was really fascinated um, by all the correlations, even in, uh, I will admit I had I don't think it's a true aha moment for for others, but for me. But when we talk about pilgrimage and taking this the journey itself, I personally in the the pilgrimages that I've taken, it's been about trying to find myself as well mm-hmm. in in those um, yeah. adventures, right? And mm-hmm. I'm listening to Voyage to India album by Indiari as I have over the past two decades is one of those that comes back up for me. And it took me a moment to grasp it. Like, oh, it's called Voyage to India. And I went, oh, wait, that's India Ari, like India Ari's name, <laughs> like Voyage to India, not just the place, but the person, a voyage to self. So it's so many connections, so many yeah. ties. And if you guys can't tell, we're excited about it. This idea of being able to focus on pilgrimage um, over the next year or so and seeing where our lyrical analysis, our journey, our pilgrimage itself through these songs, where it takes us. Mm, Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Like, as I've been listening, I picked up some of the books because, you know, my first career was as an archaeologist. And so I was traveling all over different places all over. And so I would always have something to read with me. And I dug through my library and pulled out this book that I used to carry with me. I would often carry um, travel writing with me because I was traveling. So I'd write, read about other travelers and went on some smaller pilgrimages myself 
but never any major like religious pilgrimage or spiritual pilgrimage, which is significant because I'm Muslim and like a whole like pillar, <laughs> like one of the five pillars when people talk about Islam is a pilgrimage, is Hajj. Like I haven't been on Hajj, but I went back and picked up this book um, by what's her name, Rosemary Mahoney, and it's called A Singular Pilgrim. Um, travels travels on sacred grounds and so she's this kind of working class middle class Irish woman from the northeast in the U.S. who goes to all these other people's sacred sites all right and and she's like I'm not really like I was raised Catholic but I'm not really religious I'm an intellectual like I don't do that stuff and she every time she went something about those places something about the people who were there for for different reasons, for deeply spiritual reasons, or for, because they wanted a change in their lives. Because a lot of times mm -hmm. people will go on pilgrimage to stop something or to start something, right? Like they'll go on pilgrimage to initiate and, and get a blessing in their life, like for a healing or a cure. Or they go on pilgrimage because they want something to, to get out of their life, right? They want to stop smoking or they want to change something, like get away from something in their lives. And so, so this, this pilgrimage is one of the ways she talks about it is where we, it is that intersection of the most gut physical things about us because pilgrimage is physical in some way, whether you're walking or riding or, or reading about it, it's phys you're physically doing something and it's deeply mystical at the same time. It's the intersection of, of really visceral, bod bodily, gutsy, realness and this metaphysical mysticism at the same time and what else is just like that music music is deeply physical and deeply mystical at the same time and so i'm excited to dig into pilgrimage together through music at this time we're going to ask you guys this is your 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 invitation if you haven't already done so go ahead and check out little things by India Irene. Go ahead and listen as we prepare to do a short interlude here because when we get back, we're getting right into it. We're hopping right into our lyrical analysis. So this is the time. Go listen to Little Things by India Irene. This is the I'm Sorry Miss Jackson podcast. I'm your host, Trina Jackson, with my co-host, Sharitha J. And we're creating a mixtape for the movement through deliberative dialogue to help us all reach lyrical liberation. Trina, it's no time like the present. Shall we get into our lyrical analysis? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you don't know who NDRE is, I, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to back up for it. But what <laughs> she has done with this album uh, for her sophomore album, Voyage to India, she played on a lot of things with the album as a whole, okay? Even in the, the interludes that she had within the album itself, focusing on gratitude and healing and things of that nature. So I wasn't surprised that when I listened to the track, Little Things, that she kind of elevated how you experience the actual little things that bring you joy, and in the beginning of the song, to grab your attention, it's a gong. Like, why? <laughs> that is, that grabs your attention. It is that, like, wake up, become present, feel the vibrations. Mm -hmm. Something's about to happen. And then it's followed up with her coming in 
you know, harmonizing. And then you hear a baby's laughter, which for most, not all, because the baby's laughter, it could be something like, what is that baby up to? Uh, but <laughs> for most, when you hear, when you hear a baby laugh, it's pure. It's like, especially when they discover their laugh, it's, it's something about that. And so in the beginning of the track, before we get into the words, it she has set the stage. She's she's setting us up to go ahead and, and embrace the here and now. Yeah. So she gives the example mm-hmm. of little things first, yep. like babies laughing laughing is, is a small thing. The sound of a gong that 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 is kind of an on-off switch. It moves us, wakes us up, moves us out of wherever we are. Like so she gives drops these these beautiful examples artistically before she even tells us what she's gonna do. So I think you're right that it, it was uh, it was artistically really clever to already get us in the mindset. And it's little things that give us joy. Like, cause she could also do like a little thing of like a baby screaming, right? <laughs> she could also do like a, an ambulance siren. She could like that, that also wakes us up. So it was a so she chose particular little things mm-hmm. that generally inspire pleasant emotional experiences and happiness for us before she started giving us lyrics. Right, right. So now we get into that that first verse, right, where she leaves with "been around the whole world, still ain't seen nothing like my neighborhood." Now, and as we've already shared, our focus is pilgrimage then ideally when you think of a pilgrimage you're thinking about I got to get out and go I got to get elsewhere I got to be somewhere else in the world and for her to go ahead and name like hey like I've been out there I've seen the world as a musician I've traveled I've taken the pilgrimage but I still ain't seen nothing like my neighborhood which is a pilgrimage in itself to return. That's another piece that we'll we'll get into. What does it mean to return after a pilgrimage? But uh, she goes on to say, out of all of the fancy satin and silk, my white cotton feels so good. <sighs> Just thinking about fresh, freshly washed clothing. Searched high and low for a place where I can lay my burdens down and nothing in the whole wide world like the peace that I have found in the little things yes and the joy they bring I mean I'm trying not to sing I'm not much of a singer I would tell you I'm more of a clapper okay I can clap (laughs) using my hands all right Uh, (laughs) but just again that in itself if she repeated that verse multiple times that could have been the song all together like I want to now I want to go get a, a fresh um white tea or something like you know something some clean linen some clean cotton because it's 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 those things you, when you if you're fortunate enough to be able to do your laundry right and um just grab it fresh out of the dryer it's something about how that feels and to put that on clean it's it's, a, it's an intentionality and an awareness that goes back to that gong sound, right? Goes back to the baby giggling. She is calling us to be present in these moments with her. 
Yeah, yeah. That part, like the what you just named, at first I'll just say it felt like an homage to both Islam and Christianity. So I guess I'm talking about the analysis of faith and, and this because like the the out of all the fancies kept satin and silk, my white cotton feels so good, search high and low for a place where I can lay my burdens down. So when you go on pilgrimage, when you go to Mecca, mm-hmm. when you get to the Kaaba, when you get to the big black box, everybody is dressed in white linen or white cotton. Like no matter how much wealth you have or how little material the material goods you have in the world, everybody is dressed very simply because we're all on the same level in front of God. And so that everybody is dressed in white cotton and white linen. That's also how we bury people, right? When we like wash folks' bodies and we wrap them in simple white linen. And then back to like laying my burdens down, like down home for real, like old black gospel, like laying my burdens down is in like every three songs of, of old black, at least country gospel of where can we go? How can Jesus help me let this go and lay these burdens down? I feel better, so much better since I laid my burdens down. And so that's a huge piece of, I think, what she is signaling in this song is like going, making pilgrimage to the Kaaba and, and Mecca and like this idea of salvation and Christianity of laying our burdens down and getting forgiveness from Jesus or just or forgive, or forgiveness generally, whether we believe yeah. in that blood sacrifice, but like not holding something. So she's saying clean and light. Like mm. before we get to little things and joy, she's like, it's got to be, it's got to be simple clean and light let it go (laughs) and so I think there's a piece of like faith analysis that she gets right to of if we're gonna do this we got to go simple clean and light what you just named about the the laying down of one's burdens which is a, a form of therapy or has been uh within the black culture specifically when we look at it in regards to church right this idea which we go to a uh, in a christian tradition in which we go to a church and we come to the altar and we we land our burdens down and so you get into that that therapeutic piece and so she's taken that concept and applied it here in the song of like hey look this is the piece that i have found and and has made it upbeat. Is if we focus on when when I hear laying down one's burden, and this is this is echoing what you're saying about making it making it clean and light. That's it's heavy. But here she is, like, hey, in all of this, you just have used the word simple, which is interchangeable with with little within the song she kind of goes back and forth a couple of times within the song itself of saying it's the simple things or it's the little things and the joy that they bring so I'm loving the visual of Mecca I'm loving the visual of cotton and that we are all we are all on the same level we are we are coming to this space and I'm sitting here cheesing because I'm I'm going through the the other lyrics like oh I'm trying not to sing it, y'all. I'm not going to do it to you because I want y'all to come back. Um, 
I'm I'm not much of a singer, but I do I get joy from from singing. And I I hope that um as you're listening to this lyrical analysis that we're doing that you focus on uh our to our listeners, I hope that you guys focus on some of the the little things that bring you joy um within your life. We we're sitting here and we're able to kind of do a comparison of of love, faith, apology, culture, and the movement. But when it comes down to it, when we get to the heart of the matter, right, we're doing what brings us joy. This this podcast is our little thing, which ha- can be a big thing at times, right, Trina? Yeah. <laughs> it can feel like a big thing. Yeah, but it is a, I mean, but it, it it is a little thing in the sense that it comes from a little thing. We added some stuff to it, but this is the conversation we would have regularly sitting at the table, eating dinner, like drinking and talking. Like that was the yeah. little thing that we did as friends. And we were like, let's share this with other people. And so it really did come from this little, little, but important thing, you know? And so I think that that, that, that the refrain of little things, it's the little things and the joy they bring mm-hmm. that, that refrain, I think for me is where the lyrical analysis around love begins is that love as powerful as it is, is based on choices. Like the heart wants what the heart wants, but we choose what we do with that. And I think that some, I, a lesson that I have learned and continue to learn in my life is I have to let myself experience joy around the little things. I think that I have been acculturated to, to attach joy to big things, to, to, a, to a big win, to a big windfall, or like to like that those, the big things will give me joy. It doesn't mean I don't have little things that I'm happy about, but I think that, that joy isn't always clearly connected to the small, irreplaceable things, right? And we, we, it is a lesson to learn for me to allow myself to experience joy in the little things and not set up these expectations of it's not actually joy if it's not a huge thing, right? right? Um, so, I mean, I'll use a sports analogy. <laughs> I don't know a whole lot about sports, but I've been talking to my brother who, by the way, who, who he and his wife are currently like at the birthing center waiting for their little thing <laughs> to appear into the world. <laughs> their, their little one is, is currently on their way in the world. Right now I'm getting text messages that of where, um, where she is in labor and, and, and mm-hmm. how he's supporting her. But I, I, I do think that there's something about, and which in, in a sports analogy of like, we may not win the Super Bowl, we may not win even the game, but we can celebrate that block. Like he had a whole conversation with me about why it was fine that people were not going to work in order to go to the UGA Alabama game last week. And I'm just like, oh, no. <laughs> that's what he told me. He's like, just go into a building of people you don't know and say, go dogs. You immediately make friends. So I don't understand like college football culture. I didn't go to a school that had that like I went to a very small liberal arts school in the Midwest. I don't like, and we, our football team did not win a single game while I was there. When they scored a touchdown, everybody ran out onto the field and picked up the person who, who, who made the touchdown. And we had ice cream social all over campus because that's the first touchdown anybody had made in like seven years. It's so, the little things. It's the little things. Okay. Right? It was the little thing that like, 
gave us joy, but like that counts, you know, it was, it, it's in perspective, right? And so he was just telling me, you know, we might not win the Super Bowl, we might not even win the game, but that block counted, that catch counted, that kick counted, that, you know, that interception counted. And we have to learn how to celebrate that. And so I think that one of the pieces for me is, is allowing myself to experience genuine joy in the little things of the fact that my dogs, Mufasa and Rafiki, are happy to see me every single, every time I walk out the door, every yeah. time I call them, like they are, I'm just like, they are ecstatic to see me and I love it, I love it. And I love it, like it brings me joy. And I let it bring me joy versus saying, this is normal, they're dogs, they're gonna do that. But what you just named is so important is that you let yourself experience the little things because we can easily overlook it or deny it. And what I mean by that, going back to your, um, your, your sports analogy of if we know and we're focusing on the possible hurt or disappointment that can come from engaging that if our team could possibly lose and we know the frustration and sadness that comes along with it, then we, we, we're not as likely to enjoy the, the touchdown. We're not as likely to be fully present uh, when our team makes it to, if they make it to a championship game. So I, I think that's, it's called something, it's something uh, I believe it's foreboding joy where we get so caught up in the bad things that can happen by loving someone or caring about something or being, you know, committed to a team. Um, I I do know uh, to any of our listeners that may be Dallas Cowboy fans, I'm sorry. I know y'all just experienced a, a tough loss. However, you know, apparently, what is it? I believe uh, Dallas Cowboys are at, at one point were called America's football team and they can still hold that title. Listen, come over here and sit on the couch with us uh, as our Atlanta Falcons too have been couched and they will not make it to the Super Bowl. You ain't <laughs> right. Year. You ain't right. This year. <laughs> but People, I mean, you, I see it every year where people are like, oh, I'm done, but they come back. It's something mm-hmm. about it. However, if they were focused on that foreboding joy piece, and I see this with um, people who have children um, who get caught up on making sure that they're safe and that they have all the things um, that they need and trying to prevent the the bad things, whatever they can, because it's a part of being a parent. I am, I am not a parent, but I have two beautiful godchildren, and I've had an ongoing conversation with my best friend about what it means for her um, to to be a full time parent. And you get so focused on making sure your kids are safe and that they have the things that they need, and it's the the idea of when you love someone or something so much right you don't want anything to happen that you can get lost in those details Uh, you can get lost in the expectation because life happens that something will go wrong and trying to prepare for that 
And instead of focusing on the moment right right now of that growth. And so uh, that's something that my best friend has really done or continues to do uh, to focus on being present with her kids as much as possible. I feel like every time they like walk out of the room and come back, they're a little bit taller. Um, something is happening, like they're constantly changing, right? And if I'm not present, I'm gonna turn around and they're gonna be full-blown adults. And I'm just and I know if I feel like that, that as a parent, that has to be ongoing, that you have started with this this bundle of joy, right? We started with the, the gong, the vibration, going into the, the childlike laughter. And then before you know it, you have this human being in front of you that you've helped raise and guide. But are you taking time to truly experience the little things? Because before you know it, they're going about the, ideally they have gone about to live the life that you've been preparing them for. So all we have are these moments and these memories and the time that we took to, to enjoy being present with one another, to enjoy my godson, and I hope he listens to this one day, who loves sausage, uh, spicy sausage at that, me walking into the bathroom and there's just a, a sausage patty on my bathroom sink. He was so committed to that sausage that he took it with him <laughs> in the bathroom. Like, hey, let me just... Gross. <laughs> so let that me just make sure. all kind of sanitation regulations. <laughs> luckily, <laughs> luckily, keep a clean bathroom. I don't think that I would do bathroom sausage, but look, he was so focused on that sausage and it was so good to him. He, was, he went like, hey, let me just go take care of what I need to take care of put my sausage sausage down here safely but i'm tickled by that ain't no way <laughs> ain't no way and so to walk into the bathroom and i'm like who loves sausage on the bathroom counter but he in that moment that was a part of his little thing his joy mm. like he had to get that extra bite of that sausage patty <laughs> and it was good to him i got to take this with me in there yeah, I want the beginning and ending of this journey to all be in one place. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, the to um, again, just, you know, honing it in with this lyrical analysis and we focus on that love aspect, the faith component and uh, also apology culture and the movement. And this song has a, a piece of of all of that. Um, and so, you know, we, we talk about this foreboding joy aspect and being present and then getting into this piece in which there's a certain part in which uh, she names about humility um, in this track. I think that she does get at, like, when she starts talking about running around in circles, lost my focus, lost sight of my goals, I do this for the love of music, not the glitter and gold. Got everything that I prayed for, even a little more. When I asked to learn humility, this is what I was told. And so there's a piece of learning something new, right? And like that, that piece of, when we talk about repentance, of, of turning around and going in another direction uh, and 
trying to repair the things if something was broken is that she she was like I was I was on a pilgrimage but I was going in circles like I wasn't focused like I wasn't clear about where I was going I lost sight of my goals and she had to come back to the reason I'm on this journey is because I love music and I think there's a piece about when we get into those places where we are at odds with someone or at odds with ourselves or at odds with the situation is we got to go back, right? We have to, there's a piece of apology that's about taking a step back and really like humbling ourselves down to see, even if we don't think we did anything wrong, the impact could have been problematic. And so taking that step back, and I appreciate that that is a part of apology of just pausing and saying, why did I even start? What is the purpose here? And how can I go about this better? And so there's this piece of it when she asked to learn humility, she was reminded again about love, the little things. You love music. And whether we're talking about, again, our interpersonal relationships or, or our larger kind of vocational goals or whatever it is, we have to remember, like there was a song we just sang when I was little and it said, take me back, take me back, dear Lord, to the place where I first received you, take me back, take me back to Lord, dear Lord, to where I first believed. You know, like t- we, we have to take a moment to always go back. Why we start, why did we start this journey? And to figure out, am I still on target? Am I still focused? Am I still headed in the right direction, in that direction? Or did I change directions in here somewhere and I'm okay with that? And so that is about being able to tumble down and apologize and get back on track. Because apologies are really about you know, getting back on the path that we want to be on or accepting that we are on a new path. Are on a new path. Because apology can be about acceptance too right? Not necessarily going back and redoing something, accepting that things have changed and not trying to fight it. And so I think that she helps us in the lyrics here to say, there's a part, like, there's a part where we stray. There's a part where we change and we need to know what to do with that and not deny that it happens. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really feel like this track, even though it's 20 years old, is still a part of that, that the message itself is timeless. And just as we've, you know, to build off of what you're saying about uh, humility and like going back, I, I feel like this track also leans into the movement aspect, not necessarily the 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 activism piece of it but giving us a call to action and the message is clear of continuing to to focus on the little things focus on what it means to look back right focus on what it means to to learn humility the the title of this track is little things learning humility isn't necessarily a small feat it, it is something that is ongoing. Um, it, is, it is lifelong. And uh, just when you think you got it, <laughs> the universe, God, 
the divine, however you want to define your higher power, the world, whatever, it will humble you <laughs> some more. Just when you think you have that lesson, don't look, don't have us going uh, to talking about Job, because man, if there is a, a lesson that I, I could skip, like, yo, why you do Job like that? Joe had bad friends. <laughs> Joe had bad friends. Job, my goodness. But again, humility is a is a, a lifelong lesson. It is a lifelong um, experience. And just like focusing on um, the little things, the baby's laughter, to focusing on joy, being present, those are lifelong practices. And the word little implies something short term, but what she's speaking about with this track, the overall message is something that is not only life-giving, it's lifelong. And these are the the practices that get you there. Uh, Her lyrics of, I think she says something about, give me some cute shoes, give me some good news. Listen, I love some some fly kicks. I'm, I, I love sneakers. So now I'm sure India was talking about another pair of shoes. Um, and also this detail here, when she says, give me Atlanta, not Atlanta. And I know my, my, my best friend is like, thank you for saying it properly. Because I get into the habit in which I say the all of the syllables, Atlanta. <laughs> so but true be like if you know you know it's Atlanta and how I know she said it right because she rhymed it with Savannah it's the little things okay yes and yes. so if I'm not mistaken and we you know we definitely can go back and correct this but I believe I don't know if Indiari is a Georgia native but I know her family was here for quite some time and so she did spend quite a bit she is an honorary peach at the least yeah. right I think she moved here when she was maybe 12 or 13 she was a she was born like in Colorado yeah and her yeah. mother moved her here so she kind of she had her adolescence certainly in the south and then she went to Savannah College of Art and Design after she graduated from high school so she's she's an honorary peach certainly definitely look look give me Give me my peace of mind. Give me some Stevie. Give me some Dunny. Give me my daddy. Give me my mommy. Pour me some sweet tea, spoonful of honey. I don't need no Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. I think that she is, she is so clear. Um, and we can, you know, we can discern for ourselves, like my, my Atlanta and my Savannah are probably the same, but, but other people who listen to this in other places, you know, like what's your Atlanta, what's your what's your Atlanta, what's your Savannah? Like what are those things for you? I think that again, for the whether we're talking about love, faith, apology, culture, or the movement, she is saying the discern the little things for yourself and know that you know that you know them and pursue them, like journey toward them. They might change, like the, the things that were the little things for me when I was 25 are not the little things for me when I'm 45. Not all of them, but some of them are actually the same. Like some of them I, I, I value more. Um, I don't want to give too much of the story away because we don't have people's, 
permission to, to talk about their stories, but I want to kind of lift up a little bit the work that you do, Sharitha, that, that you primarily work with a community of people who are unhoused or live adjacent um, to, to an unhoused existence. And some of the work that y'all were doing this summer with Project Upstream, when y'all were doing participatory action research, is y'all ask the question that people went and asked their communities, what is one little thing? A small yeah. change that'll yeah. make a big difference in your life, right? And the ground of Project Upstream was creating policy based on what people said, people who live close, live in, live real near, these streets on these cold, cold winter nights and these hot, hot summer days who be out there. And they said, this is the one little thing that will make a big difference in my life. And y'all built not only narratives, but y'all built policy that y'all shared with city council members and legislators about what yeah. people said. It was those little things. And I think, and that is a part of movement work in my estimation, um, because we all wanna be free. And the reality is that we don't get these little things if we don't get this little, these little pieces of self-determination, if we don't yeah. know the things that give us joy, that keep us in joy, we can't be free. Like we, again, we can have the bigger house. We can have the money, but this is not about flipping the pyramid upside down. So we got things that other people don't have. This is about like, how do our souls get set free? How do our material bodies be free as well? But if we ain't got no joy, what does it mean? Like, like I can, what, how does the scripture go about like, what is it if I gain the whole world and lose my soul? Like, what does it profit me? Mm. And so even in the movement, as we work toward material and political um, equity, the crux of the movement is about healing. The crux of the movement is about joy. The crux of the movement is about transformation for all of us, transformation of society, right? But we have yeah. to be able to sustain, have to do it on things that sustain us. Rage does not sustain us. Grief not. does not sustain us. Joy, love, those things can sustain us. They can at least help us get a little bit farther than rage and grief will. And yeah. so in order for us to be liberated, we need the little things that bring us joy. Mm. I don't think I can say it any better than that, Trina. Now, we are going to take another short break as we return to wrap up our episode of our lyrical analysis of Little Things by NDRE. I am going to prompt you once more because I know some of y'all are hard-headed, and I get it because I'm hard-headed myself. If you haven't already done so, go and listen to Little Things by NDRE. And if you get caught up listening to the whole album, we definitely understand. But make sure you come back to check out the conclusion of our episode. This has been a great conversation about pilgrimage. Thank you all for joining us. And this conversation, this beginning of a theme for the year as we discussed uh, pilgrimage, but we gave a lyrical analysis of Indiari's Little Things. We want to leave y'all with a, with a desire and a challenge to think about your own sense of pilgrimage this year. Where are you going? Yeah. Uh, what, is, what are your little things? 
and to hit us up, like talk back to us on our various social media avenues. Let us know what are your little things and what's your pilgrimage for the year. If you don't already know, you can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram. Um, we also have a Patreon if you want to support. Um, we're definitely not going to uh, keep you from doing that. But we welcome you. I yeah, invite you we, to support to support this podcast. We love doing this work, but you know that it takes resources to, to do it. It takes time. It takes resources. It takes um, the it takes relationships with other folks to keep it going. Uh, and so we invite you to to give us monetary support as well as uh, emotional and uh, and community support to keep turning out episodes. We're going to try to do meet our goal of of producing two episodes per month this year. Uh, and we need your support to do that. Why are you shaking your head? We are. That is our goal. We said let's, one or two, but like, let's let's talk about what we want. Let's okay, well, I, listen, like, I received, I was like, that's 24 let's episodes. We, <laughs> let's talk about what we want. Amen. There you go. <laughs> A lot of times people don't give because they're not, at, they're not invited to do it. Like they don't know how, they don't know if that's what, something that we would appreciate or even receive. Yeah. The worst thing they can say is no. But most yeah. of the time people don't say no. They say not right now. And that leaves an avenue to come back, to ask them again, to give them an opportunity to do it again. And so I invite people to, to support us financially, support this work, to support this, this joy, support this, this little thing that's becoming a bigger thing um, that enriches your life and ours. Absolutely. And guys, we... we we thank you for for listening and also shout out to India Irene for her I'm going to say it for her ministry that's something that she has been true to self that's something we definitely can say when you go back and you you listen to her music throughout the years she's maintained who she is um we don't have the the time to get into it but I do remember when she came out with I am not my hair and she took the locks off she was out here bald and beautiful black people were so mad at her (laughs) yeah now talk about the little things that was a big thing because we were just like what is going on we could as a community we couldn't fathom yeah, why someone would cut their hair off because you're you're taught that your hair is your glory. And if you are cutting off your hair, something must be wrong. Like you must be sick. You know, as someone who's gone through chemotherapy, that was a, something that I struggled with losing my hair and what that looked like. So as a community, we just could not, we could not handle like what is going on with India, but she really leaned into that expression of herself and I just remembered here's a little known fact I actually met India Irene I don't know how I forgot about that (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna be an hour and 15 minutes into this (laughs) (laughs) no time like the present but I'll have to share a photo I, I had an opportunity where I got to meet her I got to go um backstage at one of her concerts and took a photo with her it was a celebration of my sister's birthday I remember, I remember that photo. 
video that you shared with me. Yeah. And yeah. it just clicked like, oh my goodness. I met as I was sharing about her hair and all these things and thinking of how truly down to earth she is and in touch with self. I'm like, oh, you know, I feel like I felt that energy before. And, and I have in person because I actually got to meet her. <laughs> so she is just yeah. as just as genuine um, in person. What you get on the albums and the message that she's delivering, that is what you get in person as well. And so I think it's, that says a lot for a person yeah. to to be true to oneself. And so that voyage to India, the the albums like Acoustic Soul, it's, it's her. She's done the work. She is doing the work. It is a continued mm-hmm. process. So I would love in a dream... In an ideal world, I would love to be able to sit down and revisit this with her. And, w- and I wonder how little things, how this track, how that spiritual practice is still showing up for her today. Mm, great question. That's a great so, question. So, India, we know that you're listening. Of course she is. We invite you, come on, hold a, hold a session with Trina and myself so we can let our listeners know um, how how this work is showing up for you and how you continue to be liberated. Consider this a direct invitation. Yeah. We can give you some Atlanta. We can give you some Savannah. Look. I give you some Stevie and some Donnie. I don't know about your mommy and your daddy, but I do have sweet tea and honey. So like I got my own honey beehives. I got you, India. I got you. On that <laughs> note, y'all, thank you so much for joining us for an, another lyrical analysis for I'm Sorry, Miss Jackson podcast. We love doing what we do. Truly, it is the little things. Trina, happy, happy birthday all month long. Thank you. Celebrate thank you. all year long. Oh, I will. And I will. continue to carry these little things in your lifelong pilgrimage thank you Sharita, and thank y'all for listening to this episode of i'm sorry miss jackson podcast cue the music <laughs>